and we're back on First and Now, the official BC Lions podcast. Welcome to episode 32. I'm your host, Matt Baker, and it's an honor, as always, to be here. Find us on Twitter, at First and Now. Uh, myself, at BakesTakes84. Great to be talking BC Lions football with you, as uh, perhaps as we record this uh, on a Thursday afternoon, some light at the end of the tunnel uh, since we last spoke with you. Uh, Winnipeg tentatively chosen as a hub city. Uh, the players and the governors still working toward a CBA and uh, remain very hopeful we can be talking about a 2020 season very soon. But it certainly has been a very interesting year in 2020. We hope everyone listening is safe and healthy wherever you are on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google, uh, Spotify, bclions.com. Uh, be sure to leave us a review while you're listening and commenting. And we're going to talk with Lions receivers coach Jason Tucker here in just a few moments. Uh, Tuck, as we call him, very interesting football background. Uh, you best remember him as a receiver with the Edmonton Eskimos, but he had a few interesting stops along the way. And uh, we're certainly going to document that with him. Talk about his preparations with the coaching staff. And uh, we know Tuck uh, is going to have an embarrassment of riches at the position as we continue to shoulder on here. In some respects, it really feels like summer now. Uh, we're having what us Vancouverites call a heat wave in uh, late July, early August. Uh, it's getting into the low 30s, the low 90s, I guess it would be if you deal in Fahrenheit. So it's hot out. But we're also watching hockey. That's a little weird. And uh, we're also watching baseball now, albeit in front of empty crowds on both accounts. And uh, normally we're used to watching baseball, but I was watching the Blue Jays uh, the other night and uh, still getting used to these new extra innings rules, starting with the runner on second base. So definitely very interesting. Uh, add it all up uh, to the weirdness that is 2020. But as always, uh, we're thrilled to be here talking BC Lions football with you. And now we welcome in our guest on episode 32 of First and Now. He is a three-time CFL All-Star, two-time Grey Cup champion as a member of the Edmonton Eskimos, and the current BC Lions receivers coach. We go down to Fort Worth, Texas, the Metroplex, I think they call it. Uh, Jason Tucker with us here on first and now tuck greetings how are you sir i'm good good you know just avoiding everything as that i can and staying safe as possible that's it well yeah we got to start there of course uh family everyone's good everyone's healthy that's good to hear yeah everybody's good everybody's healthy you know staying safe and you know trying to follow all protocols uh, to keep everybody safe there you go. And I tell you what, you're, you're multitasking right now. Uh, every week we get on these uh, all-staff Zoom calls, and a couple of times you've been on the call and you've been on the field working out with some kids there. Man. So you're really you're keeping yourself busy during this time, right? Oh, yeah. You know, i got a couple of kids in my neighborhood, high school football players, and, you know, and um, we're good friends with the family, and they asked me if I would train them. I was like, sure. I'm, like, I'm not doing nothing right now, so – that just keeps me going, and, you know, I'm getting my football fixed that way. Players play and coaches coach, right? I mean, uh, clearly since you've entered the coaching profession, that's something that's really ingrained into you, is it not, uh, wanting to help and sort of groom the next generation of young stars? 
that is it at all. You know, I'm the like, you know, that was like, I'm not going to charge you anything. I just want to help you out, you know, get you where you want to be, you know. And, you know, there's sophomores right now, you know, and I said, if y'all learn this stuff that I'm teaching you now and just take it with you, you'll be ahead of the game. Very well said. Uh, yeah, these are crazy times like we've hit on here. I mean, uh, take us through a typical day. Obviously, we're still planning, hoping for a training camp here in the coming weeks. Uh, but what's a typical day uh, for Coach Tucker? A lot of Zoom calls, a lot of film study, I guess. Uh, take us through it. Oh, right now, you know, I get up, you know, get me something to eat, get a little breakfast, and then get on my computer you know, you know, Coach McSimmick has been sending us, you know, stuff. You know, like you said, we're prepared, you know, looking at our training camp installs, playbook stuff. So going through that, you know, trying to see if there's anything that we miss or that we need to add in just in case there is a season. You know, so I look at that and take a few clips at some film work. And then usually around that time, you know, my, you know, and it, Varies from the time I work out these kids because a couple of them now they get they have jobs, you know. So now it changes. You know, I might work them out at maybe about two o'clock in the afternoon. It was at one point they were going at four thirty because they would have school workouts in the morning, and then they'd go to you know we'd work out in the afternoon to just give them that rest. Now school workouts have been canceled for a little bit, so mm-hmm. now we're just pl- playing it by ear now. You know when they want to work out, you know. So you know so it can range from usually. From noon to four o'clock, I'm working those guys out, you know. So, but my I usually do everything I want to do for us my side till till about noon, and then you know just take the rest of the day to myself and work those kids out. And and I enjoy it because I give me a little workout in because I run around with them and you know <laughs> do drills, demonstrate drills. So, like you said, keeping myself in in shape a little bit. Yeah, that's one way to do it. How motivating is that for you to, to try and keep up with these young bucks these days? That must, must keep you on your toes, Tuck. Uh, you know what it does, but it, it's fun. You know, you know, I enjoy it. You know, so you know, I used to joke with guys in the past couple of years when I played. That I used to tell them, I said, if I ever put cleats on, somebody's gonna get cut because they go have to find a position for me. So y'all don't want me to put my cleats back on because <laughs> you know I, I do all these drills that I can demonstrate all these drills still. So. <laughs> To that day when I can't demonstrate to you the drills, that means it's, I know I don't have it no more. <laughs> In my mind, anyway. <laughs> iron sharpens iron, as they say, right? I mean, that, that's it. That's awesome. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, there, there's going to be no excuse to not be ready for camp, right? I mean, all this preparation time. But yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think we'd be in week eight of the season right now. We'd be getting ready to go to Montreal for the second game of a back-to-back Montreal in the summer. Uh, can't beat that. But um, I mean, how how's this transition been for you? Uh, we got you ingrained in orange now and um, the chance to work with the likes of Brian Burnham, Lamar Durant, Shaq Johnson, even some of these newcomers, Dominique Grimes, Caleb Hawley. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the riches you have at the receiver position, Coach. Oh man, it's uh like you said, it's riches. <laughs> you know, a lot of great talent there. You know, and I've always you you're on other teams, and when you're watching film, you see players. You're like, man, I would like to coach that guy someday. You know, not saying that has ever happened. Not saying that you you want to change teams, but you just individuals out there you'd like to have a chance to coach. And Vernon was always one of those guys. You know, 
especially working with Coach Jones, and he would tell me about him. He's like, oh, man, you would love working with Burnham. You know, I was like, well, maybe one day I would like to get a chance to work with him. And that day has arrived uh, if we have a season, but <laughs> that day has come around. And I've heard a lot of great things at him and just watching film on him. You know, he's a great athlete, phenomenal athlete. can make every play, you know, just get it close to him. He'll make the play. You know, he's just – you know, just that guy that you, you know, you can count on. And like I said, and the, what I was just really proud of coming here, just the, the wealth of Canadian talent that's here. Yeah. You know, and Shaq, uh, Lamar, J- Devon, you know, I mean, so it's just, it's just loaded, you know. So one of the t- only teams that, you know, has this depth, much depth, at, you know, a receiver for a Canadian talent. And, those guys are threats through throughout any, you know, for any team, you know. So it's just, you know, it, it makes it easier for you as a staff, you know, you know, planning wise, that, you know, okay, I know I got these three guys that I can count on. So, you know, we got the ratio taken care of in that aspect. And, you know, and it helps the defense in that aspect too, because now, you know, you got three Canadian receivers. You know, your offensive line is heavy. So, you know, we can play more Americans on that side, which gives them yeah. an advantage, you know. So, you know, the more you can play over there, it's, you know, we can help, you know, the way we help out. And, of course, this, the great signing of, you know, Caleb Holly, like you said, and Dominique Rimes, those guys have done it in the league, you know. Caleb was awesome in his time in Saskatchewan. You know, he put up numbers there with that group. And then, you know, it didn't turn out the way he wanted to over in uh, in Ottawa last year. But, you know, I've, I've seen him play. I've watched him. So he's a good receiver. You know, he brings experience and wealth of knowledge to the game. And, of course, Dominique Ribes had a breakout year last year for him. You know, amidst of all the stuff that they were going on, he was still producing, you know, going through their quarterback issues and everything else. But he still put up numbers. Had his 1,000 yards last year. So, I said, it's – like you said, it's a wealth of riches, you know, when it comes to my group. And I always tell guys, I said, my job is not to mess you up. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> I'm just going to try to enhance what you already have, you know. And if I see something that I think that might work for you, I'm going to give you that suggestion. I say, try it out. If it doesn't work, then we'll just go back to the drawing board and keep you know, keep working on things that will help you out. Because my game is – my goal is just to get you to that next level and, you know, get you to be the best in the league, you know, so – I'm just not going to screw you up. I'm just going to try to make you better. Yeah, last year I think you had Ellingson and Collins. That's a guy we know well. Both go over 1,000 yards. So uh, you definitely weren't screwing it up most recently. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm glad you mentioned Katoy. I neglected him. I mean, that's just a great oper- That's a great story. A uh, guy signed out of the Langley Rams juniors, and he comes in and shows he can play at this level. That's one of the great things about this league, right? That's yeah, a great thing about it. And, you know, the good thing about it, he – he improved every single week. You know, I'm watching him, watching film on him. Every time we saw film on him, like this dude is getting better every week, you know, yeah, just to, to, you know, watch it. And then you get here and you hear all the great, you know, stuff about him, you know, how well of a, you know, how he's very coachable. He picks up on stuff real quickly. You know, it's just things like that. He's like, okay, I see why this guy improved every single week on film. You know, he picks it up. He applies it and, you know, he won't make the same mistake twice, you know, so you love, you know, hearing things about players like that. Um, let's talk about your path to Canada. You're in Fort Worth now, your home, like we established at the start, uh, played there at TCU. 
And I, I love this, Tuck. I mean, your NFL combine draft class, uh, there was Jason Tucker. Then there were these guys named Randy Moss, Heinz Ward, a uh, friend of ours, Ryan Thelwell, who we know well, a uh, CFL legend like yourself. Um, take us back to that time and being evaluated for the draft, and you're surrounded by talent at the receiver position like you wouldn't believe. Uh, it, was, it was unbelievable, like you said. As a, my draft year was a lot of great receivers come out that year, and, you know, you're – you're just one of those guys just hoping your name gets called that day, you know, regardless of what day. For me, it didn't matter. First day, second day, third day, my name got called. I was going to be happy and no matter where it is because now I get the opportunity to, you know, show people what I can do. And like you said, you, it's like anything else. You're training, you're doing everything you need to, running routes up early morning, lifting weights, doing everything you need to do just to get ready, you know, for that opportunity. And, and that was my goal was just say, you know, which was funny. That wasn't my goal when everything, when I first was started out and was younger, my goal, I was going to be in the bubble down in, in Tampa, in Orlando, driven the ball. That was my goal back in the day, but it, yeah. it changed. <laughs> that, it, that changed, you know, and, you know, I smart man, you know, saw that uh, football was going to be your path to get you an education. You know, so when I took that, you know, and I always told my mom, I said, I'm going to get my degree, you know, first and foremost, and then everything else is secondary. And that's what I did. I graduated and got my degree. And then football was just the next thing. And football is taking me all over this world, pretty much, you know. And and I joke with my mom every time she calls me or something, I say, I might answer a world-renowned speaking, you know, what, what do you want? You know, so yeah, that's my little nickname, world renowned, you know, because uh, football is taking me all over the world. You know, places I said I wanted to visit, probably would have never visited. You know, it's like, it took me to Europe. You know, I was like, you know, I always wanted to go over there, wanted to go to see uh, Spain, Barcelona, see those places, go to Italy, Paris, and you know, go to those places. But me saying it, I probably would have never went, but football took me over there, you know, and I was lucky to be in that area where the World League was still going on. So got a chance to go over there and play it over there. And I took the opportunity to, to go visit all those places I wanted to – said I wanted to visit. And it was it was a great and a great experience. And now, it, like I said, it took me to Canada, you know. I've been to Japan it, with football. So I've been, been all over the world <laughs> with football. Yeah, 1999, uh, I think it was uh, the Rhine Fire. Um, Expand on that a little bit. I mean, uh, what were some of your favorite stories that you experienced uh, there uh, over in Europe? It was just the actual, just enjoying the history and the scenery and all those things that you you can take in going over there. You know, I was in Dusseldorf and right there on the Rhine River. So you could take boat rides up and down the river. And, and just look at the castles that were along the river. You know, the, some of the castles there were immaculate and just, just awe. And, you know, it's like, man, this is, this is something, you know. And, you know, also, you know, I'm in Germany, so, you know, the history of Berlin, you know, mm-hmm. what all happened there. So able to go down there and, and see all that, you know. So it's just a lot of great things I got to experience while I was over there and see and just take part in. And, just something that I, I'll cherish for the rest of my life. 
even my wife, it, you know, I, I flew her over there, you know, to just to partake in some of that. And so she had her experience to get to see different things like that. So it's just, you know, like I said, some of those places that I said I wanted to go, probably would have never took myself over there, but <laughs> we, I got a chance to go because of football. What about the caliber of play over there? I mean, I've talked to Travis Lule about this. He had a stint over uh, with Berlin, I think it was. Uh, I mean, a lot of guys like yourself pursuing their dreams, you know, it must have been pretty competitive too, right? Very competitive. And, you know, at that time, they were, you know, we were, teams were all spread out over through there. And then they consolidated them all to Germany. But I had a chance where they were spread out. So you got to see different places. and. Like at that time, NFL teams were allocating players over there. That's how I got over there. Yeah. You know, I, ha- I had signed with Dallas, and they allocated me to the World League. So you're looking at NFL teams that are putting NFL players on their roster there. So you're playing with other NFL guys, you know, from different teams. So, like you said, it's a competition. It's, it's very high. You know, guys are like, hey, they're trying to get their film, trying to, you know, do the best they can, you know, put up in for their team so people can see them and you know so they have a chance to make the team when they get back you know because that's they know okay my team is watching these game films watching what i do you know so you know got to be at the tip top of my game every every week you know so like i said the competition was high very high um and then uh around that time uh, so going back to the nfl draft uh, you end up going to cincinnati don't spend too much time there. And then, uh, you know, not many guys can say this. A couple of years with the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, we know how big they are in Texas and all, all over North America, really, even here in the lower mainland. Cowboy fans, uh, whenever the Cowboys win, the Cowboys gears everywhere. Um, but take us through that. What was it like walking into the Dallas Cowboys facility for the first time? Well, just imagine you're, you're a fan and you get to meet a Cowboy player. That's where I was when I walked into the facility. I was just a realize, not realizing that I'm a player too, and I'm there to be just like them. I was more of a fan at the time. <laughs> I was in awe, you know, looking at these guys that, you know, even though I wasn't a Dallas Cowboy fan growing up, but I did watch them because everybody in my house was a Cowboy fan. So when the game was on, there was no other game being watched but Cowboy games. So you watched them. You know, you watched them on TV. So, you know, getting to see them, these same guys you grew up watching on TV, now you get to see them in person. You get to talk to them. You have conversation with them. So it's like, man, this is uh, – I'm just in awe right now. I'm just starstruck right now. You know, so this it's nothing like this, you know. You know, just just a couple of weeks I was watching you on TV, you know, <laughs> saying to myself, really it wasn't a couple of weeks, but you know, in my mind it might have been a couple of weeks. It was the last football season, but <laughs> but you're like, man, I was just watching you. Now I'm in the same room with you. And, you know, after I got over that and you you get you start talking to these guys, you get to know them, get to know them on a personal level, you realize, you know what, these guys are just like me. You know, they love what they do. They love the game of football. And they want to win, you know, and that's all it is. And they accept you and they bring you in and they know, hey, you're here for a reason. You can help us win and get us to that next level. And we're going to do everything we can to help you get to you where you want to be that way. Because if you where you want to be and we're all where we want to be, then that equates to wins. And so it was just, like I said, it was a phenomenal experience. The only thing about the experience is being from Texas, 
And playing with the Cowboys was the ticket set you had to get <laughs> every week. And of course, all my family is here in Texas. So that was just, <laughs> it was crazy. I had to basically put a memo out to my entire family. And I told them, I said, you get one game from me, one. And everybody can't come to the same game. So you have to look at the schedule and pick which game you want to go to. Your one game that I will pay for. If you want to go to any others, you have to pay for it yourself. You have to give me the money and I will buy you the tickets. And I can get you the tickets in a good location at a better price than what you would buy, but you have to give me the money. So uh, I told him, I said, I got to give you one game. And after that, you're on your own. <laughs> and it's not going to be one game every season. It's one game now, next year, and the year after that, you're on your own. <laughs> so it, I said, the only people that can get tickets every game, my wife, my kids, my mother, <laughs> you know, my mother-in-law, if she wanted to come. But other than that, you know, it just everybody else, you were paying for it, for tickets. Yeah, that's a great story, uh, Tuck, because working in pro sports, I mean, friends, people just think you get handed a fat stack of tickets. You can just distribute those uh, at will, right? So <laughs> that's a great nugget. Yep. It's just it's like you, we don't get tickets just like that, you know. I can ask so many people, you know, if they're using their tickets. But at some point, you know, I'm going to run out, run out of people to ask because they're going to use their tickets just like I want to use my tickets. So it's like, nope, after that, I have to start buying them. So, hey, if you want to come to the game, send me the money. I'll get you the tickets. You know, so it worked out. You know, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Like I said, had some great experiences there. You know, got some great friendships through that. And then just, you know, just some great memories that I can take with me and, you know, Made a couple of, you know, went down in some history books for the team, team records. So, you know, things that'll be on there, you know, people probably going down in the, the record book now, but it was, it was fun. You know, it was a great time. Guys like uh, Emmett Smith and uh, Michael Irvin would have been there at the time. I think uh, what's it like being with them? I mean, uh, were they good to the young guys take you under their wing? What was that like? Very good to the young guys. Very good to the young guys. Uh, Irvin was very good, you know. At the time, you know, he was, you know, he had his injury at that time. He came in, he played the first few games, he had his injury. But the good thing about Irvin, at the time we had a receiver coach who was an ex-offensive coordinator, and he really still wanted to be coordinator. So that's how he taught everything, you know, from a coordinator's view. You know, he would talk about, quarterback he would talk about the running back and he would talk about the offensive line okay we're saying you're a receiver coach why are you telling us all of this tell us what we have to do first and then go to the other position you know stress what we have to do first so he that would be his whole routine before he even got to our position and then you know and he was asking I think at the time it was Wayne McGarity who was in the room he was asking him a question and he got mad at him and Michael stood up for him. He's like, say, you hadn't told him what to do yet. So why are you getting mad at him? You know, tell him what he needs to do first. I mean, you've explained everything else and, and let him know what we have to do before you get mad at him. You know, so he, like I said, those older guys, they were good about sticking up for the young guys in the group, you know, and 
Emmett's no different. I mean, he even though we wasn't in his group, he would stick up for us. Fun to be around. I mean, great story. Training camp, we played dominoes together. Even <laughs> my, my uncle, who you know, you could buy people to training camp back in the day and on family day. My uncle would tell this story to he to he grave. He said. You know, which he did. He played dominoes with him, and he said, "Yeah, I beat him." You know, so he's gonna, he's gonna take that uh, to to his grave that he beat him in the dominoes and everything. He say, "I played dominoes with him, and I beat him." So it was just uh, like I said, it was really a close knit family once you get inside and be within the group. And those guys, everybody looked out for each other, and there was no, you know, I'm better than you. You know, you're beneath me. No, you know. You're here for a reason. You're here to help us win. So we're going to accept you just like everybody else. Yeah, talk about how technology's changed. Uh, back then, you play dominoes. Now <laughs> now it's all uh, iPhones and iPads. And no, it's good. That, that, that's a great nugget. So you got to write a book about this, Tuck. <laughs> I do. I really do. <laughs> anyway, um, so from there, uh, it's basically to Edmonton, right? I mean, what, what led you on the path to Canada? Well, uh, it's funny. Uh, I was released by the Cowboys, and this guy named Paul Jones kept calling me, yeah, <laughs> saying, "Hey, uh, come give this Canada thing a try." You know, I kept putting them off. I was like, "No," because you know, you get cut. Your whole mind is okay. I'm still looking at NFL tryouts. I still want to, you know, stay down here for a little while, you know, and keep that going. You know, so you know. That was still going. I was still going with that. And then, you know, nothing transpired the way I wanted it to. And Paul was still calling the whole time. Come give it a try. Come come give this a try. Come come on up here. You know, you'll enjoy it. You'll, you'll have fun up here. You know, I was like, ah. You know, I said, let me give it a try. You know. And I think what else also changed me was 9-11 happened. You know, I was scheduled to go on a workout to St. Louis that day. I was getting up. I got up early because I was had a flight that day to go work out for St. Louis. And get up, getting everything ready to go, packing my bag, and I turn on the TV, and boom, 9-11 happens. You know, I'm watching planes running, running to the tower, and everything was canceled. And I was like, I said, is this a sign that my NFL career is <laughs> is everything's about to shift? Do I need to go ahead and take this Canada thing? And you know, because I have this opportunity where I have a chance to go work out, and I was probably in, probably feeling the best I ever felt. You know, ready for this workout, ready to go. And 9/11 happens. I'm like, okay, what else can go wrong? <laughs> you know, but I was like, okay. I said, I said, okay. I called, uh, Paul finally got in touch with Paul. I said, all right, uh, let me do some research first, and then I'll get back with you. So good thing about it, I knew people that played in the CFL. So I called Rocket because I played with Rocket in Dallas. You know, Rocket Ishmael. Rocket Ishmael, yep. So I called him and asked him some questions about the CFL. I was like, you were the most well-known receiver to ever play in the, in, in the CFL. You know, so tell me about it. Give me all the insights, what I need to know, you know. So he laid it out for me, gave me all the info that I need. And then I called Kez McCorvey, who played in Edmonton, you know. So we were good friends. So I called him. I said, what do I need to know? All right. This guy, Paul Jones, is called me. He said, oh, yeah, he told me. I know Paul. You know, Paul, 
you know, sign me up there. So, and then, so he told me all about Edmonton, you know, and every, everything else I need to know about the CFL. So I was like, okay, I got two trusted sources right there that I know well, and, you know, I'm just, that gave me all the good insights. So I was like, okay, let me give it a try. You know, let me go up here and see. At the end of the day, it's football. If you want to keep playing football, you'll go anywhere to keep playing football. And so I gave it a shot, you know, and it was, I guess, one of the greatest decisions I ever made, you know, because it's it's a great league, you know, and I had tons of fun while I was playing, tons of fun. So it was – and still having fun as a coach right now because of just, just the league itself, you know. It's a fun league. Yeah, the rest is history, as they say, right? Uh, we talked about it. Uh, very excellent career with the Eskimos, the Grey Cups, the All-Stars. And I kind of bring it full circle here before we go, uh, Tuck. Uh, I mean, a couple of those great battles with the Lions. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about 2005 uh, Western <laughs> Finals spoiling our Grey Cup party. And uh, you had guys like G-Roy on the other side. Uh, even guys on the Lions defense like Marsh, Banks, Phillips, uh, just to name a few. Uh, how crazy is it that you went through all those uh, battles, that big rivalry for a couple of years, and uh, and now you're continuing your coaching career here in Orange? That's kind of be that's you might have to pinch yourself the odd time. <laughs> you know what? It's it's funny, and uh, you know you go through that, and you know, of course Jeff always reminds us of that in the office, <laughs> you know, because he's he loves. He, Especially when I first got there, Jeff's like, "Man, you broke my heart." <laughs> you know, in those years, you know. Of course, you know. He said, "I I just had Ed here once. Now you're here, so now I got two guys that were part of that 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 broke my heart." So <laughs> Jeff always reminds us that we broke his heart. But like I said, those times, like you said, it was some great battles. You know, going back and forth those years, and you know. Yeah, we had to come in here and spoil that run, and we had to get us a, a great cup. Sorry that the lines were in the way at the time, you know. So, you know, but now I'm here in the black and orange, and that's what we want to do. You know, go get us a great cup, and you know, keep that, keep it going. You know, keep things going. You know, bring it back, bring it back to BC, bring it back to Vancouver. Get the, the city something, and the CFL fans that love this team something to cheer about again. I'll tell you this, uh, and I'm not just saying it because I have a year. If someone was going to spoil the party that year, I'm glad it was the it was Edmonton because I mean Saskatchewan. Nah, I mean, you don't want Saskatchewan <laughs> doing that. Calgary, probably the Lions' biggest playoff rival uh, previous to that was Calgary. Um, yeah. But yeah, so if someone was going to do it, I'm glad it was the Green and Gold. How's that? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly good times, and um, hopefully uh, we'll be talking about uh, playoff football here in the coming weeks and months. Again, light at the end of the tunnel, we hope. Uh, but Tuck, uh, listen, uh, we've kept you for a long time. Uh, we gotta get you gotta get out there uh, to the field and work those kids out before the temperature hits a hundred there. Okay. Yeah, uh, we've worked out in a hundred degree temperature <laughs> the past couple of days, so they're used to it. They get out there, and be like, "Man, it's hot." I was like, "Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> it's, it's Texas. It's always gonna be hot." You know, just getting ready for them two days if you have two days, which their season because their the classification that their school is their season has been pushed back. You know, so they're not starting until September 28th, where small division schools are starting August the 7th. So they have to wait a couple, four more weeks before they can start. 
Well, there you go. Um, appreciate you doing this, and uh, we'll hope uh, hope to see you in person here uh, coming up here. Yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully we get some good news tomorrow. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, episode thirty-two of First and Now. Uh, I'm Matt Baker. Uh, he ha- is Jason Tucker. Uh, thanks to all those uh, for subscribing. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us a review. Good or bad, leave us a review. If you're still joking about 2005, we'll talk to Tuck. We'll be back uh, in an episode in the coming days. Thanks, Tuck. Yeah, you're welcome. That was awesome.